no one wants to ever hear the words, you have cancer. And it's not only the person who's getting that diagnosis, but it's the whole family and the whole community around them. Welcome to Believe in Progress, the American Association for Cancer Research Foundation podcast. Join us and be inspired by the incredible stories of those who have faced cancer with strength and resilience and the medical professionals who are working tirelessly to find new treatments and ultimately a cure. Believe in Progress isn't just about the science of cancer. It's about the human side of this disease. Together, we can make progress in the fight against cancer and bring hope to those who need it most. Matthew Marquardt is a medical student and professional triathlete at The Ohio State University College of Medicine. A varsity swimmer while in college and U.S. Olympic trials qualifier, he graduated from Princeton University in 2021 with a major in chemistry and a minor in entrepreneurship. His interest in cancer and in fundraising for cancer-related causes began during his freshman year of high school, 2012, when one of his childhood friends was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Wanting to say thank you for all of the support she was given throughout her treatments, he decided to climb Mount Kilimanjaro in 2013 and raised over $6,000 for Make-A-Wish. After multiple family members were diagnosed with cancer, he decided to fundraise again, this time by riding across the U.S. in 2021 and raising over $15,500 for St. Jude Children's Hospital. Now, he's studying to become a future cancer surgeon and has unexpectedly become one of the top professional Ironman triathletes in the world. In 2022, he won the Ironman World Championship as an age group athlete, and during his 2023 rookie season as a professional, he put up the third fastest ever debut time at Ironman Texas. Through triathlon, he hopes to use sport to make a difference through cancer awareness and fundraising. This is the Believe in Progress podcast, hosted by the AACR Foundation and featuring Matthew Markhart. Wonderful, wonderful honor to have Matthew Markhart with us today. Thanks for having me, Mitch. It's uh, super exciting and such an honor to be here as well. Let me tell the audience a quick story of how I got to meet Matthew. Um, so, a very, very dear friend of mine. Don Seitz uh, is a graduate and works at Princeton University. And he told me about this amazing young man that he met, I think, in some entrepreneurial type of a, a program. And, um, and Don connected both Matthew and I together via email. Uh, we had a conversation. It had to be during COVID. And uh, I learned that Matthew was going to be going to Columbus to medical school um, at Ohio State University. And um, I made a connection with Matthew and my good close friend, Doug Ullman. Um, and one thing has led to another. And Matthew is, well, Matthew, tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what you're doing in Columbus, Ohio. Absolutely. Um, so I'm a second year, or I guess now a slowly rising third year medical student at Ohio State University. <clears throat> and I'm also a professional triathlete who is trying to use triathlon as a vehicle to raise awareness about cancer and cancer research um, with the hope of making an impact and uh, making the world a little bit better uh, of a place. So um, I think it was like maybe when you were in high school, one of your friends unfortunately experienced cancer. Um, and I guess that was one of your first experiences with cancer and then what you were turning a negative into a positive and 
you know, you started raising money for cancer research. Can you chat a little bit about that and maybe a little bit about what motivates you to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you mentioned, my, I guess, journey um, in terms of cancer research and cancer um, awareness and fundraising started when I was a freshman in high school. So I was 12, 13 years old at the time when my uh, childhood friend Kylo was diagnosed with leukemia. And she, you know, went from one day being a perfectly healthy young you know, young lady to, uh, you know, being incredibly weak and all the other things that come with going through cancer treatment and kind of seeing her go through those treatments uh, was inspirational as well. But what I was also struck by was uh, how much help she got along the way. I mean, it's, it's never an easy path to go through cancer treatment. And uh, it really took a village uh, to kind of cure her, uh, not only cure the disease, but also take care of the person, which I think is just so important. And so at the time, uh, my high school had something called a challenge project, which was you were to do spend 30 hours on something that you wouldn't otherwise have done. And now that's a very dangerous description for me um, because things that I wouldn't have otherwise done uh, is quite lofty. And so I decided, uh, I was 12 years old at the time, that I wanted to climb Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa. At 12 years old. Which is, at 12 years old. Um, and that stands just over 19,000 feet. It's the tallest uh, mountain in Africa. And I actually wanted to do higher mountains at the time, but I was, uh, <laughs> I had to compromise. <laughs> maybe, mom and, maybe mom and dad got a little bit into that decision, right? Yeah, yeah. There was a couple ultimatums around, along the way. Um, <laughs> But, you know, while training for that, I, I don't really know where it came from, but just all of a sudden one day I was like, you know, like I want to do something to give back to all the people that have helped uh, Kyla along the way. And so I brought the idea to her and she said that she really wanted to raise money for Make-A-Wish because she had been granted a wish trip and that was just such an incredible experience for her. Um, not only like looking forward to that in the future, um, but as well as like being able to go on it. And so uh, that's what we did. We set off to raise money and we just sold little glow-in-the-dark wristbands that said Killy for Kyla, as in Kilimanjaro for Kyla, and uh, ended up raising over $6,000. And I did successfully summit Mount Kilimanjaro uh, on New Year's Day in 2013. Wow. And so that was really the start of it. And then kind of went throughout the rest of high school. Kyla beat cancer and was in remission and everything. and. Went throughout the rest of high school. Um, I, you know, had a great swimming career and other athletic uh, endeavors as well. And then went to Princeton University where I swam. And uh, originally I was going to go uh, down the path of clean energy and climate change. But then there was just something in the back of my mind that said, you know, you should maybe check out medicine. And uh, during that year, I helped launch a clean energy startup and a healthcare startup, which got me connected with Don. And then so the rest of the history with Mitch is right there. <laughs> all right. And um, also during college, I had multiple other family members diagnosed with cancer. Um, and uh, Kyla also, um, her cancer came back. And I think one of the things that was, so that was obviously really tough, but at the time it was like six or seven years after she had finished her first round of treatments. And what was really incredible is that this time around she was going, she was using a combination of chemotherapy and, radi and immunotherapy. Yes. 
And so seeing the difference in the quality of her life with her treatments from the first time versus second time was really, really eye opening. Um, I mean, like second time around, like we would go on like five, six mile walks um, when she had her infusion backpack on. And that was just like kind of the coolest thing ever. And so then the next endeavor um, was COVID, uh, you know, it was obviously has been a terrible thing. Uh, and one of the consequences of it was that it canceled my senior swim season uh, in college. And so for the first time in my life, I had a one month period of time in January during winter break where I had no commitments. Like I literally had nothing. And so it was the same thing again as what happened in high school. Um, hey, you have a unique opportunity here to do something that you never would have done otherwise. So I went to thinking about things, you know, what are the things I want to do? What are the things that I can do? You know, given that it's COVID, you obviously can't travel like internationally and whatnot. And so I decided uh, that it would be a great idea to bike across the United States. And uh, I told my parents about three weeks before we started the trip, uh, my dad hopped on board uh, and was my support team. And on the way out there, again, it was, I just had the feeling, I was like, you know, there is, you know, I might not be able to do this. There's a significant risk of failure, but also like there's an opportunity here to make a difference in the world. And so I decided to raise money for St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Uh, and over the course of the 20 day bike ride, I did 2,500 miles and raised $15,500 for St. Jude's uh, at the time. And so, you know, That's that awesome. was the second thing. Let me ask you a question um, about that. I that. Did, did, did yeah. you do, um, did you go the Route 66 way, like across the country? No, I, I did a very, I did the southernmost route that I could do because this was January. Okay. And so um, I had to, I was trying to avoid the snow as much as I could. Right. So I pretty much hugged the border and, you know, the Gulf, uh, the Gulf Coast, like all the way across yeah. the U.S. It was just you and your dad? Just me and my dad. <laughs> well, I mean, that must have been really special for your father, I'm sure. It was. It was really an incredible opportunity, like an incredible experience and just an amazing amazing memories um something that i know that i'll never like have again in the rest of my life so um, did you get the yeah, opportunity really to go to saint jude and, and present the check or or did you get that opportunity to meet any of the young you know pediatric cancer patients there no i did not because you know it was the height of covid and ah, so right, it was january right. 2021 right and so unfortunately that was not not possible and as soon as i finished the bike ride i had to start my senior year of uh my senior spring of college <laughs> i gotcha okay so um then tell us like um medical school you 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 decided that you wanted to go into medical school um i think you're focusing on on in can area cancer and and uh, and surgery or or could tell us a little bit more about that yeah, so right now, my two biggest interests are either in neurosurgery, focusing on pituitary tumors or kind of skull base uh, type neurosurgery procedures, um, or head and neck cancer. So those are the kind of the two areas that I'm most interested in. Um, I'm actually about to embark on a research year uh, where I have, uh, I'm very fortunate to have been awarded a Peltonia Fellowship. Yep. Uh, where I'm doing head and neck cancer research uh, with a surgeon here at Ohio State. How did you end up picking Ohio State or they picking you, obviously? But, you know, uh, the James has a wonderful, wonderful reputation. And, you know, it's a, it's a 
phenomenal, you know, cancer, cancer research center. Uh, I know it well, but like to hear from you about your, your selection. I'm from Ohio. And so being able to go back to my home, like home state institution, be close to family, um, just made like the most sense out of anything else. And, um, you know, I think even though I've done a lot, you know, for cancer fundraising in the past, I don't know, I am fairly new to medicine when I'm graduating college. I basically decided with a year and a half to go that I wanted to become a doctor instead of become like an entrepreneur in the climate space. And so I really didn't, you know, I did my research on my institutions, but I honestly really was not that familiar with the James when I got here. And then as I started to learn more and everything, it's just been absolutely incredible um, to think that I have the James kind of right here to be able to take advantage of that. And also, I think the other thing that's been amazing is the Pelotonia community, Mm -hmm. um, which is just a bike ride to raise money for cancer like no other. It sure is. Um, and, and tell us about your, your Pelotonia. You, you, you rode in Pelotonia last year, I think, right? Was that your first Pelotonia ride? Um, you raised money for that, but what, tell tell us about that experience and, and how the community affects you. You know, I think my first real experience with Pelotonia was somehow in Cincinnati. I grew up in Cincinnati and I'd never heard of it, of Pelotonia. Maybe that's just because I was living in my own bubble or under my own rock. Right. Um, but when I got to Columbus, the, like, Within the first day or two, you see cars driving around with the green arrow, right. the green Pelotonia arrow. You drive on the highway, there's barns and buildings with the green arrow painted on it. And so immediately I was just struck by like, wow, whatever this thing is, <laughs> it like very much has had an impact on this community. And then when I learned about it and the impact that Pelotonia has had, the number of lives that it's reached and the number of people that participate in every year, I was like, oh my goodness, this is a ride, a movement unlike anything I've ever seen before. And I was like, I have to get involved. And so I, last year I was one of the captains for the uh, Ohio State uh, Peloton, Pelotonia uh, fundraising team. And I think we had 17 medical student riders, um, which is just awesome because, you know, you have to raise money and raising any sort of money is not, is a not, is a non-insignificant feat for med students who are often kind of very much in debt. And so the fact that we had 17 was awesome and we're uh, hoping to have even more than that uh, this year. And just riding in Ride Weekend was, you know, I think just incredibly powerful um, Mm -hmm. because as you're going through, I did the 100 mile ride and just as you're passing people, like everyone has on their own jerseys for their different Pelotons, you know, some of them say, I ride for X, Y, Z. And you, you really just get goosebumps as you're riding and just the energy and the passion uh, by all the other participants is, is really something incredible. And it's, it's almost impossible to describe. Matthew, does that affect your approach to becoming a doctor and, and perhaps how you will be a doctor one day? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, no one wants to ever hear the words you have cancer And it's not only the person, and I think it's also just realizing that it's not only the person who's getting that diagnosis, but it's the whole family and the whole community around them. And so I think it's just really shown me one, uh, how much of a community effort, um, cancer is in particular, like it's, it's not one patient on their own, it's really a village. And so you have to take that into consideration when you're doing their care. And I think just 
um, as well. It just really motivates me to, you know, advance research and um, just provide the absolute best care that I can because, you know, a lot of these cancers are just really, really uh, cruel beasts and we need to figure out a way to, you know, kind of control them and, you know, get rid of them. So I introduced you to Doug, uh, Doug Ullman, who's the CEO of, uh, uh, of Pelotonia. Uh, you probably met Joe as well, who, who works at Pelotonia um, impressions. And, you know, that was really your first intro to the organization part of Pelotonia. Obviously, you, you just chatted about seeing the, the logos and the brand all around, but um, I'm really interested to know your, your impressions of Doug. Doug and I go way, way back to uh, lives in, in Maryland, and, uh, and he, he worked for me when we both worked at Livestrong together. But uh, I thought um, when I made that introduction, you two would really hit it off, and um, I'm guessing that's what's happened. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think like the best description of it is is a combination of professional, but also incredibly human. Um, Doug and Joe are obviously very busy um, raising a boatload of money for Pelotonia and getting the word out. Um, but they've also always been willing to kind of drop everything to help me if I need anything at any point in time. Um, and it's really been fun to kind of get to know them and see them at all the different events and and say hi. And they've followed along my triathlon uh, endeavors as well. So um, it's, it's just been a, a phenomenal time. And, uh, you know, Pelotonia is so lucky to have such great leaders um, on their board because they really are thinking at the cutting edge of like, how can we get this money to go the furthest and, um, you know, have the biggest impact. So I want to pivot to triathlon in one minute, but I want you to know, and you may know this, um, you know, we we at the AACR are are beneficiaries of a, a wonderful collaboration with Victoria's Secret and Pelotonia. Uh, you know, we're we're funding some awesome you know uh, uh, women's cancer initiatives, um, and um, we we couldn't be prouder of the relationship. Um, you know, Victoria's Secret is an unbelievable partner, and Pelotonia is an unbelievable partner. And when you you match like the power of Pelotonia and Victoria's Secret with a world class scientific organization, the AACR, it, it's a match made in heaven. So we uh, we we wanted to say we appreciate all the people out there uh, raising money for for Pelotonia. It it really is going a long long way out there. Um, so let's pivot for a second to triathlon and medical student, uh, world-class triathlete, um, just participated in your, I think it was your first professional uh, event a couple of weeks ago, I believe a third place p- podium uh, visit. Mm-hmm. T- tell us a little bit about your your desires and why, why triathlons. Uh, so triathlon was something that I very much stumbled into as much as it's probably hard to believe um, me saying <laughs> that, but I started triathlon about five months before I started med school, um, truly with the intention of doing one race and then being done. Um, and it was just a fun thing to do my senior year of college. And because as I said, you know, COVID-19 canceled my senior swim season. I had the competitive itch, wanted to train for something. So I signed up for a half Ironman and like didn't really have any gear, borrowed a, borrowed a bike, borrowed a wetsuit, <laughs> borrowed everything. Um, and I went to it and I got fourth out of 1400 people. <laughs> <laughs> At which point my coach starts begging me that I should uh, stay in the sport, but I'm, you know, 
I'm like, I'm going to med school. There's no time in med school for training. Like I need to focus on studying and doing research and, and whatnot. And he's like, well, like, can you just give me like, you know, one more race? Um, <laughs> so I had qualified for the world championships uh, as an age grouper that year. So I went to that and that was six weeks into med school. And again, I was like, okay, I can do this for six weeks. I'll train six weeks in med school, then I'll be done. Well, I ended up getting second in my age group <laughs> and uh, my coach was like, okay. And so then it was really like a decision time because right. it was like, well, I'm six weeks into med school. I was not planning on being an athlete in med school, um, but there's clearly something here. Mm-hmm. I don't really know exactly what, but there's, there's, there's something. And so after a lot of discussions with a bunch of physicians and, you know, Doug was definitely a part of that discussion. Um, I decided to go for it and uh, last season and, you know, train and just see what would happen uh, for one season. You know, again, like, let's just do one full season, see what happens. Right. Well, last season was amazing. I won every single race that I entered, uh, including I got a world title as an amateur uh, in Hawaii at the big big show at Kona. So I was Ironman world champion as an amateur. And so then it was like, okay, well, it's very clear that there is something here again. <laughs> and so let's go professional. And so again, trained uh, this past winter and just had my first race for, as a professional and um, just went way better than I could have ever imagined. Um, I went, I mean, I know a lot of people don't know these times, but I went 745 in a full distance Ironman, seven hours, 45 minutes, uh, which was the third fastest debut time ever for a professional. Ever. And it was the second ever. And it was the second fastest time by an American ever. Um, and I got third overall in the race. And so just really like an incredible race. Um, and it was it was a nail biter. It came down to the wire. The difference between first and third was only 21 seconds, which in an eight hour race yeah. is basically a photo finish. And so that's really, you know, where I'm at with triathlon. And I think, you know, one of the things that drives me the most is, is why I do it, um, which is I my you know, I represent the James Cancer Center. And then obviously as a, uh, you know, real, you know, uh, obviously, um, you know, correlated to that yep. is Pelotonia. And yep. so really, you know, my goal is to use triathlon to make a difference and raise money for for cancer research and raise awareness and, you know, just do something different. Uh, everyone in triathlon is raising, you know, I have sponsors, like I have a bike sponsor and everything. And, but I was very particular in who I chose because I wanted to make sure that I had brands that I felt like were doing things right. And they weren't just trying to sell product, but they were also trying to set, make a difference. And, um, so I'm just super happy about the team that I have and, you know, behind me. And, you know, the goal is like, how can we use triathlon to make a difference? And we're still writing that story. And I'm incredibly excited to see where it goes. I feel like I have a small something to do with this, you know, this, this courtship, you know, but you're doing all the work, but, (laughs) um, I, I'm proud of you, man. It's, uh, it's really amazing. How do you manage though training and school and and life basically how how are you managing all this yeah it's it's not easy um but i will say that i feel like i've i've been bred for it um over kind of my whole life i've done multiple sports and really done uh high intensity 
academics. I was a chemistry major at Princeton. And um, so at this point, I guess doing training 20 hours a week and also doing challenging academics is almost second nature. Um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, like even it's, it's not easy. It's you have to be super efficient when you're studying and you have to prioritize. And um, I'm just super fortunate for like a couple things. Like one, at first, everyone in my med school class thought it like just didn't understand. Right, I'm sure. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's really funny to kind of be like, guys, what do you think about me in the first four or five months of med school? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because everyone was like, well, you know, we had no idea what to think. Like, you know, is this guy for real or not? Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> and so like I definitely have to sacrifice social time um, at times, but I also feel like I get more than enough social time because I really focus on I think overall, I just focus on the quality of everything that I do in life instead of quantity. And so, you know, I'd much rather have a one hour, um, you know, interaction with a friend that's really, really good than spending six hours until 2 Mm -hmm. a.m., you know, out at a bar or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's also just you have to be super efficient with everything. (laughs) Are you doing, uh, I I think you, I read something that you're doing. It was some sleep research or there, there something Mm -hmm. to do with sleep. Could you just, you expand on that just a bit? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I was diagnosed with obstructive sleep apnea in college. And so for those that don't know, basically I stopped breathing in the middle of the night because my neck, my airway collapses. And so I have a special treatment. I have a special mouth guard that keeps that all open for me. Um, but when that diagnosis happened, I really got interested in, okay, like what is sleep? How does sleep impact everything from athletic performance to academic performance, just to also like emotions and stress and, you know, all aspects of life. And so I've done a lot of reading on, you know, in a lot of experimenting on myself of like, okay what's the best time to go to bed or what's the best way to, you know, get the best sleep possible. And so I'm definitely not perfect. Um, As you know, we've said med school is hard and doing balancing it with triathlon. There have definitely been periods of time where I don't get enough sleep, but I think one of my key, one of, you know, the keys to my success is that I know when to really prioritize sleep and when sleep really, really gets prioritized. I know how to optimize it um, pretty well to based on like who I am and what I need. And when do you train? Do you, do you, you know, different times or do you, are you like, do you have to train in the morning? Yeah. So, so the other key to my success is my coach um, because he puts up with a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Um, my, my schedule is not easy to deal with. Um, I'm definitely an early morning person. So yeah, so I try and get one workout in before I start studying for the day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it'll, it really depends. Um, I've had to get up at 4am before to do workouts. Um, but generally speaking, it's like a 6am workout. And then I fit in the other workout basically whenever I can in the afternoon, depending on when classes are. Um, but yeah, I do about 20 hours a week yeah. wow. <laughs> of training. Um, and nutrition's probably and, important too. Yeah, and that's actually been one of the things that was the most interesting to me is that it takes a lot of time to eat properly. Yes. Um, and to do it all right, like, is just, it takes a lot of work. <laughs> I'm sure it does. Matthew, um, from your perspective, um, tell, tell me and tell the audience why you think it's so vitally important for people to invest dollars, donate dollars for cancer research. You know, again, you've been 
doing this actively since you were 11 or 12 years old, raising money, but just, I want people to hear from your perspective as someone that has friends that are dealing with cancer, but now also someone that's studying uh, uh, in medical school to, you know, give back and, and be, you know, be a, a cancer doc. Why is it important to invest in, in cancer research? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the simplest is because it makes a difference. Um, and I have proof of that in the experience that I went through with Kyla from the first time that she was treated to the way she was treated the second time. The number of breakthroughs that we've had in cancer treatment and research in the past 10 years in particular has been just incredibly uh, inspiring. Um, and the pace of innovation is is only picking up. And so while some people I think might be like, oh, the work's done, um, you know, the breakthroughs have happened. I really think we're just on the cusp of things and what's going to happen in the next five, 10 to 20 years is really what's going to be the most important. And so I think, you know, like, and the funding is, is how research happens. You know, it's without it, none of this, none of this would have happened. Um, and so it's just absolutely crucial that um, people continue to fundraise and to continue to invest in cancer research because I think, as I mentioned, the return on that investment in terms of lives saved and um, better outcomes is going to be exponential in, in the next few decades. When's the next race? I have about six weeks. Uh, end of June, I'm racing an Ironman Coeur d'Alene, uh, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> and it's an Ironman, obviously, right? Yep. Well, yep. well, Ironman. So people want to follow you on Instagram or social media or want to kind of keep an eye on what you're doing. What's the best way for people to follow you? Yeah, so the, the easiest, or I guess the one that I in the most active on is Instagram. I'm Matthew D. Marquardt. And then I'm also on Twitter. Um, that's more for my medical stuff. <laughs> okay. So if you want to see the medical research and whatnot, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm MD underscore Marquardt one. Well, Matthew, I, I can't tell you how proud of you I am and what you're doing and your professional athletic career, but the message of your professional athletic career about giving back, um, that is really, really awesome. And extremely proud of what you're doing from a, a medical school perspective and where you're going to go. And uh, the James and, and we are all lucky to have you around and, you know, being a great ambassador out there. We'll have to get you to an AECR meeting here soon so you can learn about the great science that we're doing as an organization. Uh, but uh, you, you're terrific. Um, we wish you nothing but the best of luck in the future and um, really, really appreciate a few minutes of your time today. Um, and again, best of luck in medical school, best of luck with Pelotonia and, uh, please give your family my best and all and our best. Thanks Mitch, so much. It was really a ton of fun. And again, such an honor to, to talk with you today. Thanks, Matthew. Once again, thank you to our listeners, supporters, and donors. Remember your support drives the progress against cancer. Once again, please consider subscribing to our podcast, sharing this episode with a friend, and heading over to our website, aacr.org, to consider making a donation. Thank you for listening to Believe in Progress, the AACR Foundation podcast. This podcast is produced by CollegeCast, LLC. Please visit www.collegecastpodcast.com for more information. And remember, cancer research saves lives. Mm -hmm.